A strong biblical foundation is the baseline for Christian growth. Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell challenges us to build on principles from God's Word. But my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God has provided His Word and preserved it. God has provided His Spirit. God has promised to supply all of our needs. Listen, if you can trust God with your soul in heaven, you can trust God with your stewardship in heaven. Spiritual discipline sounds great in theory, but putting it into practice takes time and determination. In our series, Building Below the Baseline, Pastor Chapel illustrates the importance of building the part of life that no one else sees, but God. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. Our churches and homes today need Christians willing to build their lives on eternal truth rather than worldly trends. Our series today is designed to give us practical lessons that will help us pursue a life marked by biblical wisdom. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chapel with part two of a message called Building Trust. When God guides, He provides. And when God calls, He enables. And, and, and though it's the most unlikely scenario for a young 18-year-old man to go out into a desert place where hardly anybody lived, that if you'll just preach the gospel and love people and trust God, that He'll provide for you. And God said, now, I want you to go, Elijah. I want you to go over to Cherith. And I want you to find yourself in a little cave there in Cherith. And I want you to drink the water out of the brook. And I want you to look for the ravens to bring your me and I know it's an out of the way place but I just want you to go there and trust me you see learning to trust God is a lifelong privilege go to Cherith he said then secondly he said go to Zarephath I want you to go to Zarephath now look at verse number 8 and the word of the Lord came unto him saying arise get thee to Zarephath which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now notice, first of all, that Elijah is going to an unlikely place. Go to Zarephath, the Bible says, which belongeth to Zidon, a Mediterranean town seven miles south of Zidon. It was in the heart of Ahab's control. It was the opposite way you would want to go logically. But the Bible says in Isaiah 55 in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. When it comes to the matters of building and giving and all of these themes, if we try to rationalize or figure it out in human reasoning, it doesn't make sense. And God said, Elijah, I want you to go to the town, which incidentally was the hometown of Jezebel's father. This was the hometown of the enemy and God said, now I want you to go exactly to that place. It was an unlikely place. And notice secondly, it was an unlikely provision. An unlikely provision. Notice in verse 9. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. A widow woman to sustain thee. 
Now, when I read that verse, I think about God's sovereignty. And I don't know what Elijah must have said to that. I know what some of us would have said. Really, God? It's come to that? You're sending me somewhere and there's a one woman? A widow woman is going to sustain me? God's ways are not our ways. I mean, really, God, you want me to go there? Really, God, you want me to give that? Really, God, you want me to do this? I remember when we came to Lancaster those first few months, and I tried to call some pastors to support us financially, and, and lots of them said they would, but it just didn't start rolling in. You know what I'm saying? And sort of like Titus in the message this morning, I had to call and remind him. And uh, it was just a little slow going right at first. And there were several times when I wasn't sure how we would provide some of the basics for our family. Wasn't sure how we'd pay some of the bills for the church. I didn't know the building was in foreclosure when I came. I didn't know the water main was broken when I came. I didn't know there was a lawsuit against the church by another group that had been renting it that wanted it back. I didn't understand some of these things. They weren't disclosed to me, if you will. A lot of the members did not even know about those things. But God knew. And God had set our direction to come here. I remember within the first week, I received a phone call. And it was a call from the Olson family over at the Antelope Valley Hospital. They had just given birth to a little stillborn baby. They said, would you come and could you come and pray for us? And could you come and help us? And they said, we don't know any church or anything. We, we went to a Baptist church once before, and so we thought we'd call you. And I remember going over to the hospital, and I'd never been to Antelope Valley Hospital, and I'd never met the Olson family. And I walked in, and as I walked in, there was a nurse, and she gave me a seashell, and she gave me some water, and she said, you might want this. And I, I said, what, what for? I, I, I had no idea, no idea. What, what are they giving me a seashell for? And I, I said, well, thank you very much. And I remember standing there for about 30 seconds looking at that seashell, looking at that water. Man, they didn't tell me about this in Bible college. I don't know what in the world. I remember just putting them over by the side. And uh, I remember going to the couple. She was there holding her stillborn baby and weeping, weeping, crying. Her husband was holding her hand. He didn't know what to say, didn't know what to do. I took them to the scripture. I shared with them how that David cried at the death of the baby born of Bathsheba. And he said, I cannot bring you back, but I will go to you. And I shared with them the hope of the scripture that, that the child that has not reached the age of accountability would be absent from the body and with the Lord. And we comforted them. And, and I remember uh, having a little memorial service for them a few days later and having the privilege of leading mom and dad to Christ and having them in the church for some time. I think it was just a few days after that service when their father, Mr. Olson Sr., came in. And he said, I just wanted to come by today and I just wanted to tell you we're so thankful for how you helped our family. And we're so thankful that you, you helped them through this time and said, here's a check and gave me a check written out to the church for $2,000. By the way, our building payment was $2,000 a month and our offerings were $300 a week. I'm just telling you, God was providing along the way. By the way, the seashell was from a Catholic nurse who thought I was going to administer last rites, but uh, thank God uh, that you're not saved by the church's rites. You're saved by the grace of God. 
But I'm simply saying this. All along the way, God has provided a way. I remember a man that came in one day, and he was walking around the church, and I thought he was one of the, uh, one of the folks that was from the lien holder that might have wanted to foreclose on the church. And, and, uh, and I said, sir, can I help you? He was just walking around the church here, and I had a nice office over in the corner. It had uh, a carpet that was carpet samples from the carpet store. Every, sam- every little piece was a different color. It was yellow and red and blue, and, and uh, I had still some of the colored uh, Noah's Ark painting on my office. And so I brought him into my office. I said, how can I help you? He said, well, he said, I'm looking for the pastor. I said, I'm the pastor. He looked around the office. I'm not sure what he thought, uh, but he said, all right. I, I said, how can I help? He said, well, he said, uh, I have a client that has some property out here, five acres of property, and said, uh, it's out here at Bacchus Road. I had no idea where that was. He said, they just want to donate it to a church. I said, amen. Praise the Lord. I said, uh, uh, how do we do that? He told me how to do it, and we sold it sometime later for $15,000, and from the very beginning, God said, you go to Zerapath. My ways are not your ways. You just get where you're supposed to get, and I'm going to do what I can do in your life and in your ministry. Elijah had to trust God. Secondly, notice the test of the widow woman. The test of the widow woman. Look at verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and he came, when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she was going to fetch it, and he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Now what we learn here is that a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. And God is now testing the faith providentially. Now, as Elijah leaves Cherith and comes to the gate of the city of Zarephath, providentially, he sees the widow woman there. Where God guides, he provides. And he led Elijah right to the widow woman. And again, what a humbling thought that he would go to the widow woman. Interestingly, in verse 12, we find that this woman believed that Elijah's God was alive. So God led Elijah to a woman that would have faith to follow these requests. And the prophet requests a morsel of her. Now notice as we look at this woman, first of all, her residence. The Bible tells us that she was living in Zarephath. And as we look at this residence of this woman, we learn that she was in a God-denying city. As I said a moment ago, the city of the father of Jezebel. It would be like moving into the neighborhood with ISIS. It would be like moving into the place where Christians are hated, where God's people are hated. And God said, I want you to go there, into the midst of that kind of a place. And there, I'm going to sustain you. Notice not only her residence, notice her resources. The Bible said she had meal. And the Bible said she had a little oil. And the Bible said she had just a few sticks. And, and we, may, we may not recognize it tonight, but the fact of the matter is that when God is in something, little is much when God is in it. And so Elijah obeyed God, just as others have done over the years. I think of the story of Matthew 14 and verse 15 about a little boy who saw a need and gave of his substance to the Lord. It says, and when it, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into their villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, We have here but five, 
five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, twelve baskets full. You know, God is in the supplying business for his people. And so God said, go to Zarephath. He said, I want you to know her residence. It's in Zarephath. And I want you to see her resources. She doesn't have very much. And then notice her reasoning. Notice the Bible says in verse number 12 of this woman. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering the two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Now, how many of you believe this woman loved her son? How many of you believe she loved him probably more than herself? But this is what it had come to for her. She said, Elijah, I have just a little bit left. I am in the process of preparing my last meal. My son and I are going to eat this, and then we're going to die. She had calculated, she had reasoned it to that place. I was preaching at a couples conference this past week and there were several churches there and a few of the pastors talked about having a question answer time and I said well I don't usually do a lot of that but I'd be happy to, to do whatever you'd like me to do and they gave me a stack of questions at one of the afternoon sessions and <clears throat> it was amazing to me because these two cards in a stack of several cards maybe 20 cards these two cards were one on top of the other one question said, what do you do if you want to have children and your wife doesn't want children? Next question, what do you do when your child dies? You could hear the holy hush in the room. One, for selfish reasons, not even wanting one with grieving in heart, wondering how to cope. I believe the widow woman was like this second woman. I believe perhaps she was already grieving the loss of her son. I believe she lived perhaps for many days prior to this with the thought that because of the drought, there would come a point when she would have one last meal and then she and her son would die. And this was her reasoning but the reasoning was without faith, uh, for she had forgotten what God could do. And you see, the Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Her reasoning was without vision. And sometimes we reason this way. And, and we say, I want to save just enough for myself and then hold on to the end. I, I've got no room for an offering. But the Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty four, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than his meat, but it tendeth to poverty. It's amazing to me how many times over the years men and women will withhold uh, and they wonder why didn't that investment go right why didn't that go right why didn't this go right why did that happen I just want to tell you something you might as well just trust God in these moments you mean God's asking the woman for the last thing that she had that's exactly what he does you see the trust of Elijah but you see the test of the widow woman oftentimes when it comes to a special offering it is a truly a test of faith it's a test to see where our faith in the Lord really is. Well, notice, thirdly, the triumph of the faith. 
that takes place in this woman's life. Notice this woman, she may have been unaware, but God had prepared every step of the way. Notice in verse 9 it says, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. Job 36 and 15 says, He delivereth the poor in his affliction, and openeth their ears in oppression. Notice, first of all, the request from the prophet. There is a request that is made in verse number 11. He says, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And notice, he requests this provision, and in verse 14, he says, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And so, he, he promises her that if she'll give, God will provide for her. But then there's something else that he says that I find so hard to comprehend. Notice in verse 15, the Bible tells us, in, uh, in rather, uh, notice if you would, in verse number 11, and he said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord liveth, I have not cake, but a handful of meal. And then Elijah, in verse 13, says, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, make me therefore, watch this, a little cake, what does the next word say, please? First, and bring it to me, and after make for thee, and for thy son. To me, it seems irrational that God would say to his prophet, go to a widow woman. Then that he would say, go to a widow woman who has nothing and ask her for something. Then he says, while you're there, ask her to feed you first. I, I think many of us might have said, Lord, that, I can't do that. I, I just don't see how to say that. To feed me first. But our ways are not God's ways. There is a principle here of Proverbs 3 and 9. Honor the Lord thy God with thy substance and with what? The first fruits of thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You see, this was not about Elijah and God. This was about a woman trusting God. This was about a woman proving God. This was about giving of the first fruits to God. And so the request is made from the prophet. But notice, secondly, the response of obedience. Look at verse number 15 now. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. You see, this was a proving time. This was a time for her to be tested. This was a time for her to trust the word from the prophet. And so it was. She went and she did that which she was commanded. And she did eat for all three years of this time of trial of this great famine in the land. God provided for her. And the, ba the, the, uh, the barrel of oil uh, did not waste. And God met her need every single step of the way because she proved God and she found Him to be faithful. The, the Bible is clear in Malachi 3 and verse 10, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, and see not if I will open the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there be no room enough to receive it. Listen, I thank God tonight for the wonderful promise we see in 1 Kings 17, that when we prove God, God provides for us. This woman was a woman that was tested, but she was a woman that triumphed by her faith. God gave her the victory. You know Proverbs 3 is still in the Bible. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. 
Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. The psalmist said, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The request from the prophet seems completely illogical. The response of the woman was a response of faith. And notice finally the resources that were supplied. Look again at verse 15. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail. Verse 14. Until the day the Lord sendeth rain upon thee. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail. According to the word of the Lord. Which he spake by Elijah. Oh, the Bible is so clear. Give and it shall be given unto you. But my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God has provided His Word and preserved it. God has provided His Spirit with an eternal sealing for us. God has promised to supply all of our needs. God has promised an eternal home in heaven. Listen, if you can trust God with your soul in heaven, you can trust God with your stewardship and finances. The woman learned to trust God. May I say tonight, if there's one thing I'd like every teenager in this room to know, if there's one thing I'd like every college student to know, if there's one thing I'd like every young person here in this room to know, it is this. It is a wonderful thing to serve God. It's an exciting journey to serve God. And you can trust God to provide for all of your needs. God is a faithful God. There's no other journey like the faith journey. Every time we've ever built so much as an outhouse, it's been a test to my faith. No greater spiritual opposition will come to me like during times of building programs. Always a test. But it's during the times of test that we learn if we're truly trusting God below the baseline. Because being a pastor is not about wearing a suit and standing behind a pulpit. And being a Christian is not about coming to church and smiling and patting each other on the back. Somewhere beneath all of this, there must be a heart that says, I'm just going to keep trusting my Lord. I'm going to trust Him every step of the way, every season. I believe with the depths of my heart the greatest days of this ministry are just ahead. But we must stay strong beneath the best baseline. We must have a sure foundation of trust in God. Elijah, get over to the brook Cherith and stay in the cave and drink the water and wait for the raven. Yes, sir, Lord. Elijah, now go to Zarephath in the middle of the armies of the enemy. I want you to go there and you're going to find a widow. A widow, a widow. I want you to go there to a widow. And she's got just a little meal left. And I want you to ask her to give you her last meal. Her last meal. Her last meal. She's going to sustain you, Elijah. That's my plan. But God, I don't understand that because you don't seem to realize she's a very poor widow. She's about to die. It's her last little bit of food. But Elijah, don't rob her of the blessing. Give her the opportunity see how great I am. Don't rob her of three years of provision because you want to tell me how to do it. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you'd like to connect with Pastor Chappell on Facebook or Twitter, 
Go to paulchapel.com and click on his social media links. While you're there, be sure to sign up for his free Daily in the Word email devotional and take a look at all the helpful resources. Again, that's paulchapel.com. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chapel serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today, where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.